Today on Pilgrim Radio's His People, Rob Jackson, on the rise of loneliness in our culture and some biblically-based ways to address it. And people are finding themselves increasingly attached to screens Mm -hmm. and detached from actual relationships. And loneliness is perhaps greater than it's been in a long time. Rob Jackson, next. We live in a generation where we have access to connect with others in more ways than ever before. Yet just a few months ago, the Office of the Surgeon General released a report titled, Our Epidemic of Loneliness and Isolation. Coming up next, Focus on the Family Counselor Rob Jackson will address this urgent topic and discuss healthy ways to cope with loneliness from a Christian perspective. Rob, isn't loneliness kind of a part of the human condition? In other words, doesn't it affect most people at one time or another? It does, and I'm glad you said that right from the start. Loneliness is a part of the human condition, and we need to have the resilience to deal with it. And of course, as Christians, we think first about seeking our comfort in the Lord and by the Spirit and being in the Scriptures. We also appreciate, though, that we're really multifaceted. And so we have spirits, minds, bodies, and we live in relationships. And frankly, so much is changing in recent years that there is just sort of a dehumanization of the human being. And people are finding themselves increasingly attached to screens Mm -hmm. and detached from actual relationships. And loneliness is perhaps greater than it's been in a long time, if maybe the most it's been in, in our recent years. Now, now, when we think of uh, the subject of loneliness, it's not just being alone, but it's a... Correct. Can you define it? It seems like it's a little hard to get a grip on. Well, it is, but I mean, some of it is uh, isolating. You know, I have anxiety, therefore I uh, push things off. I avoid. Uh, It might be that I prefer to text instead of call on the phone. We're all kind of like that now. It's easier. Yeah. You know, I would rather go to church... Uh, and watch something online as opposed to actually going to the local church. Uh, COVID didn't help this one bit, but all the research is saying that loneliness was a real factor before COVID came into being. Mm. And so we're just really struggling with, I think, the modernity of being people in 2023 with all the gadgets, all the stress. Uh, People are... Some people are de-churching, leaving churches. Some are deconstructing their faith. Uh, People are upset politically. There's a lot that's driving the loneliness of today. Mm, Those are a lot of things. And, of course, you hear about, as you've just addressed, uh, the rise of loneliness. It wasn't just uh, COVID has exacerbated it, has has made it obviously worse. Uh, But you even talk about, I I think the Surgeon General of the United States made reference to an epidemic. Of loneliness. Right. I mean, that sound. That's not just a slight increase. It's a. It's almost. A, I think they call it. Uh, I think it's been termed a health crisis. Do, do you agree with that? I do. I mean, we can look at different sections of the population and see that everybody's suffering. Mm-hmm. Six in in ten young adults report 
considerable loneliness. 51% of moms with young children. We think about the older adults who live alone or maybe live in facilities. So there is a lot happening. And wherever you think of the conversations around the breakdown of the family, you know, we've been talking about the breakdown of the family for decades, right? Right. Well, all of that has now converged to make loneliness for the individual just a real thing. And you uh, referred to this at least uh, a bit at the beginning, Rob, that uh, our generation, this current generation has been called the most connected generation in history. Of course, you have, well, the internet, but then you have social media and all the different kinds of social media where people, I mean, we always think of kids, but really it's people almost of all ages now are on their phones, they have social media, they're interacting, uh, and, and so on. And so... How is it that we can be so connected and seemingly always in touch with other people, and yet, uh, at the same time, it seems so ironic that loneliness also is such an issue? Well, I'm glad you brought up the, the topic of social media because it's a big one that we have to really take consideration with. For example, we know that social media is addicting. It's displacing in-person interactions. It's lowering the quality of interactions. It's diminishing self-esteem. We know that when teens are using three hours or more of social media per day, it increases the risk for mental health problems. And I dare say the majority are way over three hours a day. Mm-hmm. You know, And basically the brain is taking in the stimuli from social media, much like a drug. It's been compared to drugs or gambling because of all of the uh, neurotransmitters and how they hit the brain and how they feed this addictive nature. So really, we've got more connections and less depth. You know, we're miles wide, but not even inches deep today. And and when you talk of social media, there is some kind of socializing going on, but there are also other aspects to it that, in a sense, it's projecting an image of oneself that is sort of uh, for lack of a better term, is kind of curated. It's kind of carefully crafted to say this is this is me. But it, and so people see that, and they can think, well, everybody's having a good time, but me. Yeah, everybody's on vacation, but me. And I think that is probably the least harmful aspect of social media, because we've got kids who are communicating and attaching to people their parents would never approve of. You know, we wouldn't say to our child, sure, go anywhere in the city you want to go. I don't care. Just go. But we would set some boundaries for their safety. And yet you get onto the Internet and you can go into some of the darkest corners of the world and have the least supervision all in the privacy of your home, sometimes behind the closed door of a bedroom. And so it's just continuing to insulate that person away from relationships. And I think we really have to stop and realize that God created us in his image, father, son, spirit, relational, one God, three people, but there's a a relationship inside the Trinity. And therefore he wants a relationship with us. He wants us to have relationships with each other. He wants all of that, you know, to mirror his glory. And we're getting further away from that. 
Well, we're talking about loneliness and how to address it, how to respond to it in a healthy, biblical way. My guest is Rob Jackson. He is a licensed counselor with a focus on the family counseling department. Rob, it's been said that it's possible to be lonely while in a marriage, a family, or even in a crowd. That sounds totally counterintuitive because marriage and family, and we're going to talk about this obviously, are two very healthy approaches to uh, dealing with loneliness. But how how can that be that you can be surrounded with people, even people you love, and yet still be lonely? Well, part of it is we could almost describe this as an intimacy disorder. And I don't mean to sound clinical and offer a bunch of jargon today, but intimacy disorder is one way to consider the psychological aspects of the fallen nature to look at humanity in general. Mm -hmm. And so we are not attaching and bonding as well. And so, for example, not to romanticize the old days, but back in the good old days, families would have been living on the back 40 together, and they would have had their feet under the same table most nights of the week, if not the month. And, you know, there was just a sharing and a camaraderie. And life was hard, But the roles were pretty simply defined, you know, and then maybe you'd get to church every time the circuit preacher came in every few weeks and you'd go to town maybe once a month. So there wasn't so much coming at you. Today, we are just constantly bombarded with stimuli. And then each group within the larger population is raging for its own rights and its own identity to be heard. And it's so countercultural to the values of a Christian family. So, yeah, you can be married. You can be in an extended family and still be very lonely because the media that we're consuming is dividing us. What would you say uh, are some keys to uh, when you're in a family, to, to have a strong family, to have a strong marriage, recognizing that you can still be lonely, that social media, that... Uh, other things can contribute to that, but what are some biblical ways uh, to, to strengthen those ties? Well, I think it's really important for us to drop back and realize only Christ completes us. So whether we're single or married, married without children or with children, it is only the Lord who completes the individual. So we don't want to look to others to somehow fulfill us as though we're these empty gas tanks that are just always looking to be to be filled. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, it's really important for families to have certain rhythms. Of course, we have the Sabbath rest as one from the scripture. I think it's important to consider how many nights are you having dinner together at home, if it's possible? How many weekends, you know, is everyone off and just maybe doing chores together, hanging out and, and going and doing something fun? When the work's done, Mm -hmm. these rhythms matter. But when we get into so many families now that are displaced, you know, maybe it's a single parent family, uh, wasn't the intent, but that's how it's happened now. Maybe someone is deployed. Maybe there is a divorce. Maybe there's a blended family. Maybe there's a separation. You're getting all of this replication and duplication and stacking, you know, having to be so many different places and not being able to really just catch your breath with one. So think very practically about the time you can spend. Think about, are you competing with media when you're trying to speak to each other? Can you cut all the media off 
when you're having dinner? Can you cut all the media off at 8.30 or 9 o'clock and, and connect with each other before you get ready to go to bed? So those are some uh, excellent ways to uh, develop those family relationships, whether family or marriage. And yet, as you pointed out, e- even uh, above that, developing a relationship with the Lord and and, Absolutely. and and that being the most critical thing. Uh, any thoughts on that? Uh, if, if that sounds yeah. a little foreign to somebody, how uh, do you develop that relationship? Yeah, I mean, I'd love to speak to that because it's Jesus who says, you know, I'll never leave you. You know, there's nothing that's going to cause me to leave you. And so I encourage people to take this loneliness and kind of sit with it, lean into it, ask What's going on with me? Mm-hmm. And then can, you know, give the Bible a chance. If you're not familiar with who the Lord is, get into the book of John in the New Testament. Give yourself a little bit of time to read about him through one of the four Gospels. You know, talk to another Christian. Consider a church service. But I think this hunger that we're all feeling and some are being driven by can be a good thing because it can kind of nudge us back to God mm. where we realize I'm not really going to be fulfilled in this world, am I? As good as this marriage is, it's not going to complete me, is it? Oh, I'm excited about going to college, but now I've got my degree, and guess what? I'm the same person. If anything, I've got more questions than I have answers now. And so let's lean into the person of Jesus, because he gets us, he understands us, and we need him. You commented, Rob, that uh, loneliness can have, I don't know if you use these exact words, but a redemptive aspect. And, and by leaning into it, you, you can see how, how the Lord can use that to yeah. push us in, in, into the direction of, of relationships uh, with other people, e- even toward the local church. Absolutely. I think most of us, and I can certainly put myself in this category, we don't like things that make us uncomfortable. And so when we feel lonely, that's uncomfortable. And we may try to take our pain and go find something that tickles one of the five senses, sight, sound, touch, smell, or taste. And that in itself might be morally neutral but it is secondary because we're supposed to take our pain back to the spirit of Christ, the comforter and seek peace with God first. And then having peace with God in his mercy, he will also allow us some enjoyments first himself coming to enjoy God above all. So it's not like we can't have pleasure, but we need peace with God first. Some might be wondering, well, uh, how does Jesus relate to my to my loneliness and yet the scripture is pretty clear that actually he was lonely himself at times That's right. yeah jesus can identify with us and everything we've ever experienced becoming uh man he's always been fully god he came to kind of get in our shoes to walk in our skin and see what it was going to be like and it's this exchanged life jesus exchanging his life for ours Calvary, and then us receiving that and exchanging our life with his now, saying, you know, you've got something you can teach me about coping with loneliness. I want to learn from you. 
And at the same time, you were just explaining, I believe, that our culture has a way of proposing solutions to loneliness that are not only not biblical, but can actually, well, they're not helpful at all. They could make it worse. That's right. I mean, you know, we again, we tend to want to avoid what is painful or what is boring or, you know, distracting. Sometimes we just need to lean into it and say, God, what are you wanting to show me through this? You know, if I'm lonely, it might be because I am single or I'm in a difficult marriage or whatever, and I don't want to minimize that. But at the vertical level with you, God, what am I doing with you? You know, is there a way to have peace with you that fulfills a lot of this struggle with loneliness, even though I can't resolve my circumstances today? I believe it's very possible to be upset circumstantially Mm -hmm. and be at peace with God in spite of that. That's our hope in a fallen world. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, too, Rob, if you could comment on uh, the role of the church, of Christian community in all of this. I mean, as you said, uh, there was COVID, and then uh, we, we, as a culture, as a world, we dealt with it the best that we knew how, and and in in, in most cases, that was watching, uh, participating in church virtually, online, and yet um, it doesn't take away the need for that community. Now, if, if anything, it has shown us the need for that community. And I think the biggest challenge churches face today as they spread the good news of Christ, to do it in a way that resonates with the loneliness the average person is feeling. This is not about throwing a pizza party, although I love pizza, oh, by yeah. the way. You bet. I'll take mine with pepperoni. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, it's it's more like, you know, I think it was Spurgeon who said, I'm just one beggar showing other beggars where to find bread. Mm -hmm. And the starvation that we have in modern America is not, for many, linked to actual food, although some are still experiencing food scarcity. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's it's, it's linked to the spiritual hunger that's not getting satisfied. And so I think churches need to speak to this. You know, if you're lonely, would you let us know? You know, we're here for you. Like, for example, I mentioned 51% of moms with young children are some of the loneliness in the congregation. I believe that to be true. We also have to think about sometimes uh, the health concerns. Today, loneliness is compared to smoking 15 cigarettes a day (laughs) or taking six alcoholic drinks a day. It can increase premature death by 26%. So this is not, oh, I just don't feel good today. And for many, this becomes a, a place, a, a hole I, don't, I can't get out of by myself. So, so, so we need to yeah. watch out for each other inside the body of Christ and then go out and try to serve others as well. Well, I just to pick up on what you just said, uh, obviously, when there is loneliness, it tends to make us focus on ourselves. But you're saying yeah. maybe let it be something to prompt us to reach out to other people in some way. That's right. I think we can safely assume that we're about average. You know, if I feel this, there's a really good chance someone else is feeling this. Mm-hmm. If I have gone to church and worn a mask and pretended everything is okay, Guess what? There's a really good chance someone else has done the same. And so I need to find a way to be transparent 
for the good of the Lord and for the good of his people and myself too. So it's a matter of looking of maybe asking the Lord, where can I, where can I serve? Maybe. Where can I serve? That's right. I mean, I think about the scripture that talks about how we can comfort others with the comfort we've received. Mm-hmm. So what is your experience in life that perhaps have left you lonely on occasions? And if you found something that has helped, if you're just 10% ahead of someone else, you can really serve them well. You don't have to be an expert. If you have just 10%, you know, on the ball, ready to go, you can be a real servant to someone else. And the role of something like hospitality, it may not, it may not seem comfortable for a lot of people, but it's kind of addressing that issue. It is. And I think, you know, small groups, community groups, whatever they are called by your church's name, these are crucial. I mean, we can go and we need to prioritize, you know, the, the preaching of God's word that is primary, but in our culture, we're needing times to really sit around a table with each other and just be present. And so it is, I think, having those barbecues in people's homes, fellowships at the church building, and just calling up a friend and saying, hey, you got time to go grab a coffee together? Well, the subject is loneliness, how to address it, how to respond to it from a a biblical perspective. My guest is Rob Jackson. He's a licensed counselor with a focus on the family counseling department. Uh, Rob, are you seeing this? Is this, I I don't think I've asked you this yet, but is this something that you you are seeing more and more just in the people that you're interacting with? Is this something that they are saying is uh, a challenge in their life? Absolutely. You know, I I think that COVID, and you worded it so well at the top of the call, but I think COVID has changed us and our culture in ways that we'll be measuring for years. I don't think we can fully grasp what's happened. I mean, I still get calls daily where someone says, you know, since COVID, and they fill in the blank with, we're no longer at church, or church is not the same or our family got divided on who vaxes and who doesn't, or who wears a mask and who won't, and we're still not talking to each other, or my kids are still struggling in school because they got behind, or the school has changed how they're teaching. Now it's moved more online than ever before. So all of these things that have been needling us are dehumanizing us. And meanwhile, the world is saying, come to the party. You know, we'll medicate you, mm-hmm. we'll entertain you, and that can happen really pretty innocently today, especially for younger people. And so it's not to be doom and gloom. We can be hopeful, but we also have to be sober. We have to realize the times we're living in and how they're changing, and even know that for something like COVID, God is still sovereign. You know, I remember years ago, I I stood at a tomb of a distant family member who had died during 1918, and my grandfather, who'd been born in 1899, told me the story of the 1918 flu and how many died worldwide. And now he had it. All I remember was his countenance as he was telling me this story. He wasn't afraid. He was just telling me the story. He was okay. I was probably five when mm-hmm. I heard and witnessed this. Mm-hmm. And when the when the pandemic came, when it came our turn to have a pandemic, 
I kept seeing my grandfather and his, his witness to me. We can get through things with Christ. We're not as fragile as you might think. In speaking of uh, redemptive aspects, uh, I've, I've heard it said that, that loneliness, I'm just wondering what you think, can be a time of, with the Lord's help, of maybe reconsideration of certain things, reflection on where am I going, maybe on, on, on my calling, my vocation, yep. or, or other uh, maybe important things that we might not normally take the time to consider. That's right. Clarifying, purifying. Uh, I think it can be really used. And some of the old writers would talk about the school of affliction. There might be different kinds of affliction, but today loneliness is one of ours. And so rather than thinking, oh, no, you know, here it is, I've got to go somehow tune this out. Again, it's okay. You know, what? what's going on with me? Like so many people are struggling to identify their their worth, and they get into a self-esteem trap of, am I good enough, and do I matter, and am I pleasing the right people, and am I producing enough, instead of just thinking, if the Father would give this, His Son to die in my place, if the Son is priceless and He paid my sin debt, in exchange for me, I must be priceless too. Not equal to Jesus, but oh, so very priceless. We're human beings, not just human doings. Is there anything in the Scripture, Rob? I, our time is nearly up. I realize that you might, you might point us to, you might say, or anything that's anything outside of the Scripture, any in any book, Scripture primarily, but something yeah. that you might point people to. Well, I'll just say briefly. I had a panic disorder that lasted for seven years. It started in middle school. It continued until I was a junior in college. I found Isaiah twenty six three. Mm. I no longer memorize it in the King James, but I did in the old days, and I'm still kind of stuck with it. That will keep him in perfect peace. He whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts in thee. So keeping your mind on Christ is practicing his presence now, whether it's a happy moment or an unhappy moment. And there can be contentment in Christ alone. Last words of encouragement uh, for those perhaps that are finding, you use the word affliction. Maybe this is that time, uh, the loneliness is that time of affliction for somebody listening to this right now. Last words, last thoughts of encouragement. Yeah, I'd love for them to call us at Focus on the Family. We're at 800, the letter A, the word family. We would love to speak with you, spend some time listening to your concerns, offering resources and referrals to caring Christian counselors. We vetted we're most likely in your neighborhood. If you're online and thinking, I've got so many issues, uh, go to focusonthefamily.com slash resource list. That's plural. And you'll find a lot of help for things like depression and loneliness and anxiety and so forth. You've been listening to His People on Pilgrim Radio. Many thanks to our guest, Focus on the Family counselor, Rob Jackson. For more information, call 800, the letter A, family. Coming up on tomorrow's program, it's John Stark on trading our need to be noticed for a hidden life in Christ. Even as Christians, when we're, we know that our, our main identity is in Jesus, um, how much we had lived in ways that had formed us into thinking that the most important thing about us are the things that we can show or display. And when Jesus talks about the exact 
opposite is actually true. The, the most important part, or maybe the fundamental part about you are the things that are actually displayed in secret to the Father, and everything else is a fruit of that. That's tomorrow at this same time, right here on His People. Thanks for listening.